0: Glad that you're with us online today. I'm excited to share with you for just a few minutes today. We're actually setting aside the sermon series that we've been in for one weekend just because I believe the Lord's given me a word for the church. Now, I'm not talking about a prophetic word like I know what's going to happen next, so lean in and I'm going to give you something from my crystal ball. The truth is I don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks and frankly anybody that tells you they do is guessing and they're probably wrong. I mean, our staff has spent hours in planning sessions to figure out how we're going to handle the circumstances. And then before we could even get the word out of what we decided, the landscape changed again. And, and this is uncharted waters for all of us. All right. Let's be honest, guys. We, we live in the south. When the weatherman predicts a half an inch of snow, everything shuts down. But we've never seen closings and travel bans on this kind of a scale. Every time we have a hint of a hurricane coming, we buy a month's supply of milk and bread, even though we don't drink milk normally, (laughs) eat that much bread. But I've never seen Walmart or Amazon sell out of toilet paper before. Obviously, the world is coming to an end. The question that's on our minds is, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this circumstance? How are we going to deal with this issue? And the truth is, you've got some options. You could you could hide in fear. You could stockpile a three-month supply of rice and beans and, and toilet paper if you want to, or you could go to the other extreme and, and ignore the, the quarter of a million cases of this virus that hits the world, and the 9,000 deaths so far and growing, you can even get mad about the the precautions that our civic leaders are taking to try to stem the flow of this thing or we could remind ourselves that we are followers of Jesus Christ and because we are we're going to respond as followers of Jesus Christ. What that means is that we are in the world but we are not of the world. What that means is we make decisions differently than the world does. We're not like everybody else. We don't, we don't think like everybody else. We are followers of of Jesus Christ. In other words, we are not people of fear. We are not people of despair. We are not people of greed. We are people of faith, of hope, and of love. In fact, say it with me. Right there where you are, say it with me. We are people of faith, hope, and love. One more time. We are people of faith, hope, and love. Here's what the scripture says, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Three things will last forever. Coronavirus will not last forever, but there are three things that will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. I hope you'll stick with me for just a few minutes. I know it's tempting to click off and go to other things online, but I hope you'll stick with me for just a very few minutes because I want to unpack those three things for us as followers of Jesus Christ as quickly as I can And then our praise team is going to come back and they're going to sing a blessing over us. And I don't want you to miss that. So stick around, be with us for the next few minutes, stay to the end of this broadcast and let's take advantage of that and then let's lean into the blessing that they're going to sing over us this morning. Let's just unpack it together, okay? First of all, the Bible says that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are a people of faith, not fear. John chapter 14, verse 1 and verse 27, Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus is saying if you take your cues from from the news media, if you take your keys from social media, go ahead and plan to live in fear because that's what you're feeding is your fears. If you sit around watching the stock market go up and down and mostly down, you're going to start wondering where the economy is going. Don't be surprised when fear starts to set in. But Jesus says, I bring you something else. I'm bringing you something, another thing. In fact, I love the way the New Living Translation paraphrases verse 27. Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give is a, is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or be afraid. Some of you watching me right now need to accept that gift. Right here, right now. The way you would receive a gift of somebody uh, that, uh, that loves you, brought you a gift, you would be excited that you received it. You would be thankful for it. You would just be excited about having it. You need to receive the gift that Jesus offers right now. In fact, right here where you're sitting right now. Come on, just take a deep breath with me. Hold it and let it out slowly. I know some of you are dizzy. You haven't had that much oxygen in a long time. But for the rest of us, breathe in peace. Breathe in the gift that Jesus said he's brought us. It's a gift the world can't give you. You're not going to get it from Fox News or... MSNBC News. You're not going to get it from social media, but you can get it from Jesus Christ. Well, Pastor Jim, I, I, I want to believe that's possible, but wh- how in the world is that possible with everything going on? Well, well it's possible when you realize that God wasn't surprised by this. <laughs> God isn't panicked. He wasn't so distracted by, by the election uh, process that we're in that he didn't see it coming. I mean, it's not like he said, well, you know, I was kind of uh, watching the the democratic debates, and I, and I didn't even notice what was going on in China. And, and, and now, man, it's, it's just blown up on me, and I don't know what to do. That's, there's not, God, nothing is beyond God's control. Our God is good. Our God is a plan. Our God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's working all things, everything, everywhere, every day into a pattern for good to those who love him. You might not be able to see it right now, But it's true, and it becomes true when you become a person of faith, not fear. Yes, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But it's just as real as if you could hold it in your hand when you understand that God is in control. And not just of COVID-19. Quite frankly, whatever you're going through right now, whatever you're facing right now, whatever battle you're dealing with right now, our God is with you. And if our God is with you, who can be against you? Guys, we're not of this world. We are followers of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So how do we respond when it feels like the world is falling apart? We don't respond like the world responds because we're not like the world. We don't think like the world. We're not of this world. We are people of faith, not fear. We are followers of Jesus Christ. The second dynamic of that 1 Corinthians passage is that we're people of hope, not despair. One of my favorite passages, maybe a favorite for some of you, is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a, and a future. Understand, when you read that word hope in that passage, the Bible doesn't, doesn't mean the same thing when it says hope that we do when we say hope. You know, when we say hope, what we're actually suggesting is that we have some doubts. You know, if I say, man, I sure hope it doesn't rain today, what are we saying? We're saying it looks like rain, and I think it's going to rain. I just don't want it to. Boy, I I sure hope Uncle Joe comes to the family gathering. What are we saying? We're saying that I really want him here, but I I have my doubts that he's going to show. Hope carries doubt in this world system, but that's not the kind of hope that we're talking about here. The kind of hope that God gives is different. It's the kind that has a plan tied to it to prosper us and give us a blessed in fact that's the kind of hope that gives us power to deal with the kind of circumstances that we're in right now it'll give you if that's what you need it's the kind of hope that'll give you the power to get started truth is without hope we tend to stay stuck where we are I mean we want things to be better but if if we're feeling hopeless about it we go you know why try nothing I do is going to make a difference anyway and so the result is we just kind of sit down and, and we don't even try Somebody said that people are a lot like cars. They might look great on the outside and they might even have a great engine, but if their starter is broke, they ain't going nowhere. Some of you, your starter's broke. You need to lean into God and the hope that he has for you. Isaiah 40, 31 may be your verse. Those who hope, there's that word, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Break that down. That says to me that if you're doing pretty well right now, maybe you're even flying around right now, this hope will take you to a whole new level. You can soar like eagles. Maybe you're out there doing it. You're going hard every day, and you're, you know, you're running, but, but you got this sense that maybe if I keep up this pace, I'm going to wear down. But no, there's hope in Christ, and in that hope, you, you can run and not be tired. Or maybe you're at that place where it's all you can do to put one foot in front of the other. This hope is for you too because it says you can walk and not faint. Why? Because God's hope includes a plan to bless our future. And that hope will give you the power to get started, but it will also give you the hope to keep going when it when it feels tough, human beings have proven that they can handle all kinds of tremendous pressures as long as we have the hope that it's only temporary. As long as we can see a light at the end of the tunnel that this is not going to last forever, we can deal with all kinds of things. The, the Apostle Paul was one of the greatest examples of, of this kind of hope that I know of anywhere in the world. He wrote half the New Testament, started churches all over Asia, really launched in many ways, the, the whole Gentile movement in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet, he knew both hope and hopelessness in the journey. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 says, We had great burdens there that were beyond our own strength. We even gave up hope of living. But this happened so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God. God's. That tells me that Paul's problems got so intense that he wondered if he would survive but he remembered God has this plan for me. God has this future designed for me and God will give me the hope that that future will become a reality. God had put it in his heart that he was to go all the way to Caesar's household to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, to open the gospel to the Gentile world and that hope kept him going even when he found himself in difficult straits. I read recently that Florence Chadwick was the first woman to ever swim across the English Channel. 1951, she made her first attempt to swim uh, the, 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 the Channel, uh, and she failed. But she didn't fail because of cold waters, and she didn't fail because of, uh, uh, of sharks, or she didn't fail because it was a very long 15-hour swim. She failed because... Um, Fog began to roll in and she couldn't see the coastline and eventually she quit only to find out that she was only a half a mile from land when she quit later on when she was interviewed Florence said if I'd known land was so close I could have made it later on again she tried and again the fog rolled in but this time she knew where the coast was she not only made it but she broke the mail record by two hours. Hear me, guys. Seasons of uncertainty like this can be like that. The, the fog of fear begins to roll in, and before you know it, despair begins to set in, and before you know it, we quit before we ever reach the goal or realize <coughs> the plan that we believe God has for our lives. And if that's where you are today, here is your verse, 1 Peter 1, 6. So truly be glad. There's wonderful joy ahead even though the going is rough for a while down here. When I have this kind of hope, this kind of hope that that is tied to a plan for a bright future, I, I get the power to get started even though I'm stuck. I get the power to keep going even though I'm not sure if I can make it all the way. And, and it even will give you the power to slow down if that's what you need to do. Can I tell you that The number one fear that I've wrestled with during this whole occasion is I was in Alabama speaking at a conference when the word broke out about all this and closing started happening. And I got this horrible fear that I was going to be quarantined away from home for 14 days. I ain't got time to be locked down for two weeks. I don't know about you. The truth is, I, I, I don't even know how to slow down sometimes. I'm just one of those guys that's just got to go, 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 and there's always something else that got to be done uh, until sometimes something like this comes along and forces me to slow down. It forces me to focus on what's really important. It focuses me to remember that God has a plan for my life and a hope for my future. And when I finally remember that, then I can... I can let go of the stuff that's not nearly as important as I thought it was. But when we lose hope, everything starts piling up. Some of you might be there right now. You start thinking, man, I, I got so much to do. If I rush hard enough, if I push hard enough, I can make it happen. I can get it done. Even though the harder you work, the further behind you get. Everything you're hoping for always seems to be just out of reach. It's kind of like going to an event and, and you get in the car and you started down the road and then you realize that your GPS is wrong and you have no clue how to get to the event you're going to. But you're running late now, and so you don't have time to ask for directions. So what do you do? You speed up. You drive faster going, uh, maybe I can find it. Where is it? Uh, Maybe it's over there. And and, and the later it gets, the faster you go until finally you get stopped by a highway patrolman, which means you're really, really going to be late. Not that I've ever had that experience or know what that's like personally, but I think you understand what I'm saying. We do that in life. We lose hope in the idea that God has a blessed future for us. The result is we stop asking him for the next step, for for direction where we're going. And so we work faster and faster, harder and harder, trying to make it happen. Somebody said, we don't know where we're going, but we're making record time. We wonder why we never feel at peace. Anybody agree with me that we live at an incredibly hectic pace these days somebody said we're kind of like uh, the grandchild at grandma's for the day and she's watching grandma put clothes on a hanger and, and she said you know grandma we don't we don't have those things in our house grandma said what well, you don't have hangers what I mean where does your mama put the clean clothes until you're ready to wear them she said in the dryer that's the only place she knew anything about. That seems to be the way we live these days, guys. Psalm 62, verse 5 says, I find rest in God. Only he gives me hope. Hear me. Whether you need the power to get started, the power to keep going, or the power to slow down, hope makes it all possible when God is the source of of your hope. Hear me, we are not part of this world. We are followers of Jesus Christ. And as a result, we are not people of fear. We're people of faith. We are not people of despair. We are people of hope. But most importantly, we're a people of love, not greed. We're a people of love, not greed. Go back to 1 Corinthians 13, 13, three things that will last forever Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. There's so many reasons why love is the greatest, but I think one of them is because quite often love is the hardest one to live out. The fact of the matter is love is is sacrificial, not selfish, when the reality is we're naturally selfish, not sacrificial. Uh, is, is that true? Anybody find that to be true? How many of you uh, have ever had a toddler in your home? Uh, okay, D- did, you, did you have to teach him how to be selfish? I mean, Did you ever, did you ever sit down with your toddler and say, okay, today I'm going to teach you a lesson on how to be selfish. So here's what I'm going to do. I- I'm going to give you something that's actually mine. I want you to hold it for a minute, and then I'm going to take that from you, and when I take it away from you, even though it's mine, when I take it away from you, I want you to stop and scream, mine. Did you, did you have to teach your kids that? Of course not. Hear me, guys. You can find a YouTube tutorial on every subject under the sun, but you cannot find one on how to be selfish. Why? Because selfishness comes naturally to us all. But love isn't selfish it's sacrificial love doesn't take it gives that may not come naturally in this world but we're not of this world we're followers of Jesus Christ and it can come supernaturally because of who Jesus is Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 through 5 don't be foolish don't try to impress others be humble, thinking of your of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude as that Christ Jesus had. He's saying that your natural self is selfish, but we've put on Christ now. We're followers of Christ now. He lives in us now. And so while our natural nature is selfish... His natural nature is unselfish and even sacrificial. In fact, he made the most sacrificial act of love in all of human history on the cross when he took the penalty of your sin and mine on himself and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So the 2020 paraphrase of Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 because followers of Jesus Christ don't hoard toilet paper and hand sanitizer. They, they don't stock more than they need while other people suffer. They don't buy out the market in hope of, of turning a profit from other people's misery. Instead, they share what they have with those around them that are in need. That, that's exactly what happened in their early church in Acts chapter 2. Verses 44 and 45 says, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and, and shared their meals with great joy and with generosity. That's the description of the early church as it formed. And what you see is people coming together in large gatherings to worship, but you also see them in small uh, gatherings to worship. You see them sharing communion with one another in their homes, just just like you're doing right now, worshiping today and, and listening to the word of God being taught today, sitting right there in your home. That's what the early church did, in fact. There came a time in the early church when persecution became so profound from Rome that they had to stop meeting in the public places. In fact, it became so profound that they eventually developed a secret code that only they recognized based on the Greek letters that are pronounced ichthus, and we call it the sign of the fish. Maybe you've seen a sign of the fish on bumpers of cars, or maybe you've got one on the bumper of your car right now. Uh, I don't know if you know it, but, but that's actually five Greek letters that come together. kind of looks like a fish. What it literally means is Jesus Christ, God's Son, my Savior. And it was a code that they used to communicate with one another on the road and in the marketplace to say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Oh, you're a follower? I'm a follower too. If they didn't do it that way, they were thrown Into the Colosseum where the lions came and many Christians died in those early days. The bottom line is whether they were able to meet in large groups or they had to limit their times together in small groups in homes or it was just one or two meeting on the road and recognizing they were both followers of Jesus Christ in every circumstance they showed their faith and their hope and their love. They shared their lives and their love for one another every day even selling things that they had in order to meet needs of people that were around them. They said, how dare we have more than we need when somebody around us doesn't have enough? Well, what what does that mean for us, Pastor? Well, it means just because we can't meet in large groups for a while doesn't mean we're going to abandon our faith. Just because we can't come out to the church doesn't mean that That uh, that we're not followers of Christ anymore. We're not we're not once a week Sunday go to meeting kind of Christians anyway. We're the kind of Christians who have a daily faith, where we where we daily love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. We may have to shut our doors, but we're not going to shut down our hearts. We're going to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. We're going, to, we're going to do everything we can to help every other church in the country and around the world do the same thing. We're going to care for people and share what we have and give and help one another. We're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the world, particularly in these times of crisis. That's who we are. We're not of this world. We are followers of Jesus Christ. Say it with me. We are followers of Jesus Christ. And in case you're wondering, the result in Acts chapter two is found in verse 47. The Lord added daily those who were being saved. The result of this sacrificial living, the result of being a people of love, not a people of greed, is that people were attracted to the person of Jesus Christ and people were being saved every day. But hear me, guys, that's not just true in the ancient world. In China right now, the Christian population is huge, and they meet in homes most of the time. Incredibly difficult for them to assemble in large groups. The Communist Party does everything they can to squelch that and push that down, and yet they are a quarter of a billion strong these Christians in Vietnam under communism where where whatever public churches they are are state controlled and the message is controlled by the state house church movement is exploding thousands of house groups I've had the privilege of working with some of the leaders of the house church movement in Vietnam and it's amazing what God is doing in homes and in the streets In Pakistan, Pastor Craig Walker, my good friend, uh, has online crusades. He uses the Internet to preach the gospel in the Middle East. And in Pakistan, thousands are coming to assemble for these crusades. And they're responding to the gospel. He tells me they have documented 70,000 people committed to Christ last year alone. I believe with everything in me that God is going to use this time of fear and hopelessness in the world to bring people to him. I believe that we who are not of this world, but are followers of Jesus Christ, people of faith, not fear, people of hope, not despair, people of love, not greed, are going to be the instruments of Jesus Christ to bring thousands and even millions of people to faith in Jesus Christ. Yes, this virus is highly contagious. But the truth is hope can be even more contagious when it's based in the faith, hope, and love of God among his people. And I'm praying that kind of hope lives in you. I'm praying that kind of faith, that kind of hope, that kind of love lives in you. And I'm praying that as we are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, everywhere we go, that this hope will spread even faster then this virus appears to be spreading all over the world. I believe that we are agents of hope, okay? Call us hope peddlers if you want to. Why? Because we're not of this world. We think differently. We live differently. We are followers of Jesus Christ. My prayer is this morning that you'll address those issues in your own life, that you'll stop and ask yourself, how am I doing in that faith-fear thing? Which one am I feeding, my faith or my fear? But you'll ask yourself, what's the basis for my hope? Is it, a, is it a world's type of hope where, in fact, what I'm saying is I doubt it's ever going to happen or is it the kind of hope that's based in God's plan for your life? You understand God has no plan B. He only has plan A for your life. And he's factoring all of this into the pattern for good in your life. If you love him, you love him back. Then are we people of love? Are we hunkering down? Are we hoarding? Are we hiding? Are we collecting? Are we gathering? Are we thinking only of ourselves? Or are we, in fact, sacrificially giving, serving, helping others, making sure that our neighbors are okay. I've asked our church family to think of 10 people that you can think of. Might be part of the bridge family, might be one of your neighbors, might be a family member, but but think of 10 people that you can just simply reach out to, make a phone call, send a text, do a Facebook message, walk over and knock on their door, but say, "Hey, are you okay? Is there anything I can do? Is there any way I can pray for you? Some way that I can show you that uh, faith, hope, and love are still very much Alive because Jesus is very much alive. Our resurrected Lord is very much alive. Find 10 people and do that too. If all of us would find 10 people, we could create a contagion of hope. It would make an amazing difference in this world. Father, thank you that we can because of who you are. And I pray that you would speak to each one of us in the way that only you can right now.